Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one hour. No guests anymore. It's just me these days. I don't know if we're going to have guests anymore, to be honest. we If you notice, the last few podcasts have been solo. And, uh, you know, we're having a good time, right? We're just, uh, it's just, you know, I think Ernie enjoys hearing me just ramble uh, and, and, and yap and everything. Uh, I know he does. I don't know if any of you do, but I, hey, people, if you're going to keep downloading it, people, I'm going to keep cooking it this way. You're going to keep eating this slop. I'm going to keep the recipe the same. I'm not changing it. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Today we're talking about promiscuity. Promiscuity. The old act of boning around, getting your dingling wet, or your hoo-ha stuffed up by different people all at once, sometimes in the same room. What's wrong with promiscuity? I, it still gets a bad rap. I don't know why. I mean, here's I'd like to start by posing this question. Uh, and the question is based on a scenario that often occurs, uh, or it has often occurred in my life, where someone will ask me, are you seeing anybody? And I will say, oh, yeah, I'm kind of seeing somebody. And then they'll say, are you sleeping with that person? And I'll say, yeah, yeah, we sleep together. And then they'll say, are you seeing anybody else? And I'll say, uh, yeah, there's you know, maybe one or two other people that I'm seeing. And they'll say, well, what are you doing? That's not cool. You're sleeping with a girl, and then you're still kind of seeing other people. Have you told her that you're seeing? No, I haven't told her. Well, why haven't you told her? Because she's not my girlfriend. We didn't have that discussion. We're not exclusively. No, that's. So here's my question, people. If you're not allowed to bang other people when you're married, and you're not allowed to bang other people when you're in a relationship, when are you allowed to bang other people? When are you allowed to bang other people? Uh, when are you allowed to bang other people? When is that okay? It's become the rule now that that's never okay. That that that, And if any time you're sleeping with somebody... You're supposed to let them know if you're sleeping with other people and you're not supposed to sleep with other people because so it's not cool, so you better talk to them. And then you know, I've actually had, uh, had a girl say to me once, uh, we, we were dating and, and sleeping together. I said, are you my girlfriend? And she said, I'm not your girlfriend, but you're not allowed to sleep with anybody else. What the fuck is that? I'm not saying I want to go out and be a pig and, you know, and 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 mow down any ass I can, uh, you know, and be and live dangerously and not protect myself. And, and I'm not saying I want to do that, but I'm just saying like the very, the very basic, the very basic, basic, basic formula here is I am not going out with you exclusively. You are not my significant other. I then Technically, I'm allowed to sleep with other people or just see other people. But it's it's frowned upon, and I don't understand why it's frowned upon. I think there is um, uh, there's an issue with casual sex. Casual sex was a term that I first heard in the 80s because they made a movie about it with, with – uh, uh, that lady from Saturday Night Live that became real Christian all of a sudden and went nuts. What's her name? Victoria Jackson. You ever seen her in an interview lately? Jesus Christ. She literally goes on like Fox News and will be like, I just think that being gay is a sin. And I, like she still has that crazy high voice. I think being gay is a sin. And if you read your Bible, that's that's like the lady from, <laughs> I used to think she was really funny and really cute. And then, Anyway, I'm digressing. The point is, is she made a movie called Casual Sex. It was her and Leah Thompson who played the mom in Back to the Future. Um, and Dice was in it, too. Uh, I never saw the movie. I just remember that it opens up with, I think, Leah Thompson's character uh, in a clinic waiting to get results from an HIV test. That's how the movie starts. It's a comedy. doesn't sound that funny. But uh, anyway, that was when I first heard that term, Casual Sex. You know, it was a thing that has existed because 
because there's a term for it. So that means it existed. And I guess in the 60s, it was called free love. That's what hippies called it. And, you know, I, I understand that there can be problems that come along with taking an act that can be as, uh, as sophisticated as sexual intercourse and treating it without any regard. I understand how problems can arise from something like that. Again, I'm not saying run around, don't wear a vest and do whatever you want. Don't wear a vest is my term for not wearing a condom in case you folks didn't pick up on that. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, but, like, y y you know, I, I, the, the concept of free love, like, hey, I like you, you like me, we're two adults, we can handle this. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Why is there such a problem with that? Why is there such a problem with me saying to you, hi, are you a grown-up? Great. Me too. Uh, are you into sex? Great. Me too. You are attracted to me? Great. I'm attracted to you. Let's just go have sex then. And we're mature enough to deal with it. People start getting into all this head stuff of like, well, I don't know, and it might not be a good idea. Now, let me also clarify. If you're the kind of person that says, that's not what I'm looking for, I'm looking for a relationship specifically, that's what I want, then that's fine. That's what you want. You should go find that thing. I agree with you. You shouldn't have casual sexual encounters. But if you're not a person that's on the, you know, the true hunt for a relationship, or you're not sure if you want a relationship, or you think you might, but you got to feel it out first, or, or I don't know, I just want to meet somebody and have some fun and see something then you shouldn't have a problem with casual sex. You should just, it makes perfect sense. It's two adults. Why is it any different? I literally, and I might sound like an idiot right now, but I literally don't understand how it's any different than two grown-ups saying, hey, man, uh, you know, we eat right and exercise, but, uh, but let's go to McDonald's today. Let's go to McDonald's today and, like, eat a bunch of shit. And we know it's not that, you know, we're not supposed to do that, maybe. You know, but it, it's not going to hurt. We go right back to our regimen tomorrow. We'll be at the gym at 6 a.m. So today, let's go. We get the McNuggets today. I don't, I think sex is the same thing. Oh, well, there's emotions involved. Why? No, there doesn't have to be. There's emotions involved because of the way people look at it. Don't look at it that way anymore, and there won't be emotions involved anymore. If you conditioned yourself, it's conditioning. It's conditioning. You get told from an early age that there's supposed to be emotion attached to sex, so now there's emotion attached to it, okay? I still carry, still, I have certain pings of guilt in the back of my head after I have sex because of my Catholic upbringing. That is not nature. That is nurture. That is people for years and years and years and years and years surrounding you, telling you you need to feel a certain way about a certain thing, okay? It's the same reason why every single person alive goes, greatest band ever, the Beatles. Beatles are the greatest band. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're fine. Beatles are fine. I respect them as much as anybody else does. Okay, I know they made some great songs. They're not the greatest band ever, yet everybody seems to just spit that out of their head. Well, you're Beatles Stones or, or a Beatles man or a Stones man. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck the two. I'm, not, I'm neither. I'm neither. I don't like listening to either band. How about that? Because that's what everybody grew up with. Their parents, everybody, the, the Beatles, are, uh, that Ed Sullivan appearance. Woo! Oh, that was Music Boy back then. Did you see what they did on Ed Sullivan? Oh, then the, the Stones, man. You like rock and roll, and you're a Stones, man. Why don't you fucking blow me? How about that? Why don't you blow me? Maybe I'm a Rush man. How about that? Maybe I like ACDC. So that's my point, people. Sex is, sex is the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, and don't stop having the reverence for it. It's, it's fucking, you know, sometimes sex is special. Yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Just like sometimes bread is communion, the body of Christ. And you know what? Sometimes it's just fucking white bread. Sometimes bread is just white bread. Sometimes it's something you put shitty almond butter on and some fucking jam. You can tell I've been living in L.A. for eight months now, nine months. My references are almond butter. If it was 
10 months ago, I would have said Jiffy. This fucking city. They're horseshit foods they eat. They got me eating natural peanut butter because they get in your goddamn head out here. I got natural peanut butter on the shelf over there. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, um, do you ever have natural peanut butter? It tastes like shit. It literally tastes like you just took peanuts and mashed them onto bread and then poured water on top of it. Ugh. Anyway. Um, the tables have turned, by the way, with, uh, with, with sex. There used to be the thing, it used to be the thing where they would say, um, if you're a man, you have sex a lot with women, then you're a stud. If you're a girl and you have sex a lot with men, then you're a whore. That was the old sort of cliche, unfair thing that would happen between men and women with sex. The tables have turned. Men now, I get chastised for being 37 and single. And like, you know, girl, like I've, many times in conversation with girls they like they'll be like i don't even want to know how many people you've slept with or oh you're a little bit of a you're a little bit of a slut huh just making your way around and is this just me i by the way i'm not stroking myself right now like oh i get so much tail i don't mean it like that i just mean like you know when i'm 30 when you're 37 which i am I'm admitting to it. I'm not hiding my age the way so many people do in this business, men included. Uh, I'm 37. And when you get to my age and you're still single and you've never really been in a super long-term relationship, people make a lot of assumptions about you and cast a lot of aspersions. It, I'm telling you, it just happens. Uh, if you're a social person, it happens. If you're sitting alone in your house, not talking to anybody, nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's going to have a problem with it. <laughs> But if you go out and make contact with others, people are going to say stuff. And I, I, I think the tables have turned, you know? Look at the pressure that they applied to Clooney, man. Clooney got so much shit for being 51 or whatever it was in single. When he finally got engaged, people like, well, I even just said it. When he finally got it, I don't, I hate that term when it comes to him. Finally, I, I can't stand it. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, he was a single guy. He was a single guy. God, did people apply prayer. And then everybody starts making shit up about you. They start saying you're gay. There's nothing. And I, I don't, he could have been gay. Great. But so there's no, there's no problem with that. But my whole thing is like, they just look for any reason to try. And by the way, I don't know why they always go to gay. He's single and, uh, and, and still, that must mean he's gay. Like, no, because if he was gay, he would then potentially be in a long-term relationship with another man. You know what George Clooney was at 51? He wasn't, he wasn't an asshole. He wasn't uh, gay. He wasn't uh, down on his luck. He was owning, crushing ass. Do you understand? That's what he was, but first and foremost, before anything else, he was owning, crushing ass. And whether he is gay or straight, he was owning it because he was out there on his own going, none of your fucking business. When I feel like getting married, I'll get married. Until then, get out of my way. And he popped up in every newspaper and tabloid with a different chick on his arm. And they would crucify that guy, man, when like, he was going out with that one girl who was like the waitress that he met in Vegas or whatever. And, and every, first of all, every time they see him with a, a girl, is this it? Is she the one? They do this to Jennifer Aniston too. But I'm, t I'm trying to make a point about men. So I don't want to murky it up with a woman thing. But I am going to defend Jennifer Aniston. Uh, but they do that. Is she the one? Is Did George finally find love? He's not looking for it. He's owning crushing ass he's george clooney he's this generation's answer to frank sinatra or humphrey bogart he is running shit leave him alone for god's sakes isn't that what you'd be doing no i'd be shut up it's exactly what you'd be doing if you coasted into that career single you would have wrote it out till 52 as well if you coasted into it married then maybe you would have stayed married but he didn't. So let the guy have a great time. Let him enjoy his success. He was doing bit parts 
on the Golden Girls. He played a supporting role on the Facts of Life. I, I, this guy, this guy paid his dues. He's been around for that long. Let him enjoy it. Let him get a little fucking spare tail because he brings a girl home and she goes, oh my God, is that the Batman costume? Yeah, it is. And it was the shittiest Batman movie they ever made. But you're still going to blow me, aren't you? Yes, I am, Mr. Clooney. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> anyway. No, but I, I just, my point is, is that the tables have turned a little bit. There's like a pressure applied to men now um, that they're, that, that, that they're egomaniacs or uh, that they're slutty. Uh, and it's neither of those things when you're seeing a few people at once. It's not ego. It's efficiency. It's efficiency. I don't think there's a... I mean, look, there probably is because there's exceptions to every rule. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a person out there that says flat out, Flat out, I am against the concept of love. I'm against it. I don't care for it. I don't believe in it. Fuck love. I am going to just have casual encounters with us. I don't think you'd find many people that would say that. I think you'd find a good number of people that would say, look, man, uh, I'm single. It's working for me. I'm enjoying it. But, you know, of course, if I ever fell in love, I would roll with it, of course. Like, why wouldn't I? I think that's the mentality of most people that are perpetually single. Uh, and that's where my point comes in. It's not ego, it's efficiency. The older you get, you can't spend two years with each person trying to figure out if it's going to be the thing that works or whatever. You, you can't. And quite frankly, I don't understand why so many people do that. You're with somebody for that long... Uh, and 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 you're you're kind of like incrementally trying to figure out if it's going to work in the long term. Whatever. I don't understand that. I understand that. A few months in, if my gut is like, dude, this isn't working, man, bail. I bail. Why waste anybody's time? Mine, hers, anybody's. And all your friends say that stupid shit. Dude, dude, you better hang on to this one. You better hang on to. Th Shut up. It's like somebody telling you your job is so great when they don't do your job. How the fuck would you know? Get out of here. Anyway, um, but it's efficiency. You don't have time to spend two years with each person, all right? And men have men have a, a clock too, all right, ladies? You know, everybody thinks it's just girls have the biological. My biological clock is ticking like this. It's like, no, we have a clock too. Men have a clock too. Here's the male clock, and... We talked about this, I believe, in the cheat book, and I've certainly talked about this on stage. If you're not married or rich by the time you're 40, you're, you're hitting a downslide at that point. It's getting a lot harder, all right? Because then you're approaching, every passing year, you're now approaching the creepy old guy in the bar. He's like, hey, girls, what's going on? And they're like, okay, that guy that asked me to go fishing with him, that has a weird, a weird mustache, half beard thing. Uh, he's freaking me out. Let's get out of here. So we're aware of that, okay? The stereotype about men that is not true is that all men think it doesn't matter how old I get. Like I can always get the younger. We're very aware of our limitations, okay? When it comes to that. Also, too, most men when they hit a certain age can't talk to a girl under a certain age anymore. Because, or a guy, again, I'm just speaking from a straight male perspective because I'm a straight male. But I'm sure uh, gay men go through this too with younger men sometimes, you know. Some guys love a younger person. Like, you know, I, I've met guys in their late 40s, early 50s that still, if they can make it work, enjoy the company of a 21-year-old. I can't, even at 37, I have a hard time talking to a 21-year-old. I, I just mean like, generally like I, you know it's the same rate way like i wouldn't have like a best friendship with a 21 year old kid i could be friendly with them but we're just not gonna have a lot in common and there's gonna be a there's gonna be a cutoff at some point you know um anyway the point is this once you start approaching the the age where you're you, you're having the realization of your limitations that's the male clock the male clock is the clock that is counting down to you can no longer be 
potentially the stud or 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 strapping or handsome or or uh, uh, you know distinguished is is a big word distinguished they talk about a distinguished gentleman well look at him with his salt and pepper hair he's distinguished there's a thin line between distinguished and why are you fucking that old guy it's weird so man we're aware of that we're aware of that it's not ego it's efficiency and it's fun sometimes isn't it fun to just to just say let's make a few mistakes am i the only one that thinks that's fun and i i don't think they're literal mistakes that's why i say let's make them it's fun to be in a bar and to be drinking with people you know and that you've never been sexual with and you could you say to a friend hey you know uh, it's kind of late why don't we why don't we go make a few mistakes you're not making literal mistakes it's just an expression it's fun it's adventurous it's living a, potentially a little bit dangerously for christ's sakes everything can't be mapped out and perfect and adjusted and calculated all the fucking time Take you, you, you got to roll the dice once in a while. Just have some fun, man. I hate the hippie movement of the 60s. I find it to be the, one of the most annoying movements of all time. The one thing I think they got right was the free love thing. I'm going back to it because they got it right. Who cares, man? Let's have some fun. Let's have a few beers. Let's smoke a little pot. Let's drop some acid. Let's have sex. Let's just see what it's like. What about that? Why is that never a thing? with people let's have sex why i just want to see what it would be like to have sex with you you can't we can't put the emotional bullshit aside because that's what it is it's bullshit it's mass it, casual sex in its truest form is just masturbation with another person that's all it is it's not that heavy and 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 it's also not degrading or cheap like that you know masturbation with another person that's terrible that's, so you're using a person? No, not using. It's just, it, it is what it is. It just is what it is. Well, what if it's dangerous? You, know, you get a disease from a kid. I've never, I think I've met two people in my life that had chlamydia ever, ever in my life. I knew one guy that had the crabs once. Uh, I knew one guy that was HIV positive, and that was because he was an ex-heroin addict. I don't know anybody that has anything. I, I've never, ever in my life once had a friend say to me, I can't hang out today. I got to go to the clinic and get a shot. My dick's burning. I don't know anybody that that's, that's ever said that to me. Now, even if I know people where that's happened to them before I knew them, I am saying to you, in my 37 years on this planet, I have never had someone actively in the moment say to me, I have to take care of this VD right now because I have VD from something I did two nights ago. Ever, ever, ever. And yes, I'm aware that certain people, you know, maybe they're hiding it, not saying anything. Trust me, the guys I hang out with, most of them aren't hiding it. They would be very honest about it. That's one thing that male comics are, uh, are is usually too honest. We're usually too honest with each other. And female comics too, by the way. Uh, again, I get, in, I get, in, I don't know if that's a bad habit. I just get in the habit of speaking from my own perspective and I, I don't want anybody to feel not included, but you know, female comics too, you know, we're, we're very open about stuff like that. And I have never had somebody say to me, you know, I, I gotta go, I gotta go get the, uh, I gotta go get the shot. And by the way, it's not that big of a deal. If you do, it's a cold, it's a cold for your genitals that's all venereal disease is it's a cold you caught a cold you make out with somebody and you get strep throat because you're making out and they had strep throat that's the same thing with vd everybody freaks out because it's on your crotch i've never had it i'm sure it'd be a little alarming but it's just a cold that's it you go get a shot you take a pill herpes even i remember i thought i had herpes once because I found a pimple on my dick. There was an ingrown hair or something. I thought it was herpes. And I freaked out and I went to the doctor. I was freaking out. And she's like, you know, it's not herpes. It's like an ingrown hair. 
And uh, but I was still freaking out. And she goes, I don't even know why you're freaking out. She goes, you know, 75% of the population has genital herpes. She goes, it's not a big deal. It's just a thing that people have. It's okay. It's not dirty. It's not weird. It's like anything else. It's like people that get herpes. On, she goes, it's like people that get herpes on their mouth. It's just a thing. It's a thing that happens. It's, 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 a, it's a natural byproduct of our, of our genetic makeup. And, and it's something that comes from the activity. And that's it. That's all it is. Activities create, by, there's byproducts that come along with certain activities. And just like, you know, a cold will spread because you have to go out into the world and shake hands and, and or hug people or share a bite of the sandwich or let somebody have a sip of your soda and not be some isolated freak that puts plastic up around them all the time, you know, because they don't want to touch anybody. Or one of these people walking around with gloves on all the time. You know, th th that's the the byproduct. The cold spreads. Why? Well, because I was interacting with people in an affectionate manner and I got sick. That's what happens. Because I'm not going to be an asshole and sanitize my hands in front of a person immediately after I shake their hand every time. So I got sick. The same thing with VD. What happened? I, I was I was had human contact in the form of sex, and I got sick from it. I, and it's okay, you know. Now, I know HIV is the big one, you know, and none of us want to get that. But you know. Be careful, and you won't get that one. You won't get that one if you're careful. If you wear your condoms, okay, and if you do the procedures, we'll call them, Ernie, the sexual procedures, if you do them properly, you're probably okay. By the way, this is kind of heavy talk. You might want to get a pamphlet. <laughs> Don't get all your medical advice from me. Uh, but I'm just telling you what I've picked up along the way. Uh, or the information I've picked up along the way. You, from my understanding, if you're careful, I had a doctor once, okay, full disclosure here, people. I had sex once on the road. Uh, this was many years ago uh, with, a, with a girl I met after the show. Uh, and she, this is the whole story. We're at a bar. She goes, she goes really hot, right? Really hot. Comedians, we get women. We don't deserve these women. <laughs> women will talk to you when you're a comic, and it's just like, you would have spit on me before I did comedy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so I met this girl. Full disclosure, she was very hot. I was very attracted to her. She's really pretty. Little nose ring, tattoos. She was hot. And... um. We're at a bar after the show, bunch of us hanging out. And she kind of wasn't talking to me the whole night. And I was like, eh, I guess that hot girl doesn't really want to talk to me. And then finally she started talking to me. And she she made some comment about how she was talking to me because I was a comedian. She was calling attention to the fact of what I'm actually talking about, how comedians don't get to hook up with girls like this, except for the fact that they're comedians. And she was calling attention to the fact. And I made a joke and I go, Ah, oh, you're a star fucker. Just a joke. I'm clearly not a star. It was just a funny thing to say in the moment. And she goes, yep, and you're the star. She said that to me. And I was so drunk, I was like, she didn't just say that. That didn't just happen. And then we went outside, and my friend goes, dude, did you hear what that girl just said? She said, dude, star fucker, and you're the star. Did you hear that? And I was like, dude, so she said that, right? I thought I was making that up in my head. I'm, I'm so drunk. And he goes, no, she said that. She took me home. We totally had sex. It was awesome. It was awesome. But here's the catch. We're having sex. She gets her period in the middle of the sex. So now I'm covered in blood. Okay? It looked like the scene in Reservoir Dogs in the beginning when the guy's in the back. She, she fucking shot me, Freddie. Uh, I was covered in blood. Now I'm panicking. Now I'm like, oh, my God. The star fucker girl's blood is on me. Who else has contaminated this blood? What other performers have come through this lonely town <laughs> and, and, and put their own DNA into this blood? I was freaking out. Uh, I, not in front of her. I was very cool in front of her. I was like, no, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Running into the shower, fucking dousing myself with alcohol. Uh, 
So I go to the doctor a few months later, and I'm like, listen, man, this thing happened three months ago. I, I'm a little freaked out about it. And he goes, what happened? I tell him the whole story. He goes, you got blood on you? I go, yeah. And he goes, were you wearing a condom? I go, yeah, yeah, I had a condom on, but I still had blood all over me. And he goes, your chances of catching something serious like HIV are 3%. I was like, oh, wow, that makes me feel better. That's really low. I go, what if I wasn't wearing a condom? And he goes, 5%. So, I mean, nobody's telling you to go to have blood sex. My point is, though, if you're careful, you do the right thing, you'll I probably get by. I think you'll be okay. So, start fucking. I think we can bring it to a close right there. I think I've posed a hard enough argument. Start fucking. That's the end of it. I'm kidding. That's not the end. I got a couple more things I want to talk about here before we go to the before we go to the phones. And that means go to Twitter. Why? Here's a question. Uh, and this is the last question I'll ask. Because I know I've asked a lot of questions today. This is the last question. Why are we so afraid to be single or alone at 50 because we talked about the guy that isn't that is okay with it but i think so many of us are afraid of it we're afraid of what if i end up in those later years and i'm alone and i'm single we're afraid of that why are we afraid of it we'll have friends you're going to have friends of course you're going to have friends some of us will be lucky enough to still have family in our later years that aren't our wives or husbands or children just i mean extended family You'll have, you can still be social. You can still have a life. I mean, what is everybody afraid of? What's, I think mainly it's people are scared of, well, what if I'm sick and I don't have anybody to take care of me? What if I'm dying and I don't know one to take care of me? They did an episode about that on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Danny DeVito decides, his character decides he's going to get close to his kids because he's like, so I have somebody to take care of me if I'm, when I'm dying which is really funny, but like, I think that is truly what most people worry about. Put that aside. Put that aside. Okay? Because I can tell you this. I have unfortunately lost many family members in the last few years. All of them went into the hospital or hospice or whatever it was. Let me tell you this. Once you're in a facility like that, it's irrelevant. It's nice to have your family there visiting you, whatever. And at that point, it doesn't matter really who they are because none of them are tending to you. So as long as you have loving people or people that you love visiting you, it's kind of six of one, half a dozen the other, in my opinion. You're not alone. You have people there that you love. But they're not tending to you. They're not taking the doctors and everybody are taking care of you. All right, very few of us, very, very, very few of us uh, die in the home in the sense of, you know, uh, I, I need to ride it out there, and I need someone to take care of me, and I'm and and I'm going to need care and all this stuff. And I, I look, I know that happens to people, but I, that that's I I don't think that that's in the higher percentage. It seems to me that most people end up in a facility of some kind. Here's my point: Don't worry about dying alone. You're not going to die alone. You're just not. You're not. If you think you are and you're afraid that you're going to and that's all you focus on, then you're going to attract that and then maybe you will. But I'm telling you, the average person does not die alone. And look, even if you find a significant other, they might die before you do. Now you're alone again. So I'm not saying don't try to get married or don't try to find it, but if you don't, don't be afraid of it. It's okay. There's a way to live it. This cult, this cult of marriage, man, Jesus Christ. There's so much pressure to join it. There is so much pressure to, to, to join the cult of marriage. There's so much judgment coming from the married people, by the way. There's so much judgment from that side of the, of the, of the, of the tracks of, of, of why not and why haven't you yet. And what's wrong? Now we're, you know, back into this Clooney thing. They did it with Jennifer Aniston. Oh, poor Jennifer. Will she ever meet a man? Yeah, she will. 
She's a fucking multimillionaire who's smoking hot and seems to be a super cool person. She'll be fine. She'll figure it out when she figures it out. Okay? Yeah, she'll meet a man, 52-year-old fat guy, writing this story from his fucking cubicle. Yeah, she'll be fine, buddy. Don't worry about it. Go back to making $9 an hour. Fuck off. She'll be okay. Now I feel like I'm shitting on people that make $9 an hour. I'm not. I'm shitting on the guy that writes that shitty story to get in her head. It's like th there's so much pressure. When are you going to, well, when, when, when do you think you're going to finally grow up and settle that? Fuck you. Grow up. I did grow up. I'm mature enough to handle the fact that I'm single and I'm not selfishly just jumping into a relationship just because. It'll happen when it happens. In the meantime, I'm going to be single and I'm going to own it. Okay, none of these people want to own it. Everybody wants their cake and eat it too. They want to get in a relationship and then just fucking run around on the girl all they want. Okay? Or, or they want to be single and then whine the whole time that they're si Dude, just own whatever you're doing. You're in a relationship, live that relationship. And if you're not, then live that other thing. I'm tired of the pressure of the marriage cult. You know, we get it a lot from our parents. When are you going to give me some grandkids? I'm not. Give yourself some grandkids. Get out of my face. It's not my fucking job to reproduce. What am I, a goddamn living in some kind of fucking tribe somewhere where I have to produce? That's my role? Fuck you. No, I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to have kids. When I want to have kids, I'll have kids. Everybody stop pressuring us. Stop it. Stop pressuring us. And marriage, it truly is cultish. It truly is cultish. First of all, they tell you it's your destiny. That's fucking cult talk. That is cult talk. It's your destiny to meet the one. They use that term, the one. Yeah, that's what people in cults say. Oh, Alistair is the one. He was sent here to lead us. That's cult talk. Destiny, the one. They lure you in to, to, to the institution with fairy tales, with promises of things that don't exist. Again, very cultish. We, we will promise you paradise. We will promise you eternal love. We will promise that you'll never be alone. We will promise you the, the inner peace that you can only find with us. If you're not with us, you're against us. You're out there alone and on your own. You could literally swap that out from people living in a fucking barracks that's about to get firebombed by the authorities or people that are married. You could literally swap that dialogue out, one or the other, and you couldn't tell the difference. There's an initiation ceremony... <laughs> When, you've, when you're like, finally, like, I'll join, they have some goofy induction ceremony where you got to wear ridiculous shit you'd never wear ever in your life. Then they have a big celebration and they dance all around you and everything. Like, welcome to the cult. Welcome to the cult. You have to live together just like in a cult. You're in. You got to live together now. You got to live together. You're in it for life. You're in it for life. Once you join up, that's it. You're, you're, you're part of us for life. And if you try to leave, we will destroy you. That's what cults and marriages do to people. If you try to leave, we will destroy you. Just remember that. As you go throughout your day, as you navigate your dating life, I want you to just have that sentence rattling around in your head. If you try to leave... We will destroy you. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Take it to Twitter for Twitter questions. This is kind of what we do here in the last 10 minutes of the show. We're at about the last 10 minute stretch, right? Uh, we, 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 we take it to the Twitter and we just see what people have to say or if they have questions. Uh, first question out of the gate from uh, at shroomy room at shroomy room how much do you fuck <sighs> Woo. right out with a hard question uh as much as my 
female counterparts will allow me to. Uh, are you horny right now? I was, but then Ernie came over. What did your sex ed teacher teach you? I didn't have sex ed because I went to Catholic school, which is where a bunch of this bullshit comes from that we need to treat sex like it's like some sacrament or something. A lot of that is religion. And I know I really didn't get into that earlier. and It probably seemed like a very obvious thing to jump into. And it is, but I also feel like it's been talked about so much. We, we, I think we're all pretty aware of that at this point. But I mean, seriously, it's 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 religion. It's it's like they they put this stuff into your head, and and you, then you go, oh god, I, I, and then you, you feel guilt and and all this, and then they don't have sex ed classes in Catholic schools. They don't have sex ed classes. It's crazy, crazy. Literally, just saying, ignore the bear outside; it'll go away. No, it won't. It's not going to go away. You got to teach these people about this stuff. Okay, you can look. You still want to teach the sin part of it, then teach the sin part of it, okay? But at least still educate these kids on this is how it works and, and do it under the guise of once you're married, you should do it like this. At least do that. But the church actually believes that contraception is a sin too. So then they're, then they're just teaching you unprotected sex and how that works. And Christ, if you don't know how that works by the time you hit high school, you're, you're in trouble anyway. So uh, this is, this, here's a question from my dear friend Leah. Uh, at Leah, uh, and this is how you spell her last name, T-I-S-C-I-O-N-E, at Leah, T-I-S-C-I-O-N-E. When looking for a serious relationship, it's probably best not to hump everyone around you that you know. Hashtag wisdom. Well, I would agree with that, Leah. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I already said that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just making sure I agree. Yes, I agree with it. Uh, this Alex Anderson guy, he's at Shroomy Room. He sent like 30 questions. So, Alex, if we have time, we'll come back to some of yours. I already answered three of them. This is psychotic. Sorry, I'm not saying you're a psycho. I'm just saying I never saw somebody write me this many questions before. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, this is from another friend of mine, at Amy E. Hawthorne, which is spelled H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E, at Amy E. Hawthorne. Hawthorne, excuse me. What's the line between doing what you want slash fuck society's prejudices and some kind of insecurity slash neuroses slash addiction? Uh, well, I think sex is like anything else. I think sex is like booze. It's, you know, if you're gonna, there's a way to do it responsibly and there's a way to do it irresponsibly. You know, we were talking about safe sex and all that stuff, which I strongly believe in. Uh, you know, uh, you you do it right or you don't do it right. You know, a- alcohol is the same thing. You could you could say, "Hey, man, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have a good time." In fact, my stance on alcohol is exactly the same as my stance on sex because I know a lot of people that are just sober because they don't need to be sober. They're just sober because they think they're supposed to be sober. And I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it. I love them dearly, some of them, but it's like I don't agree with it. It's like you know, why? Just have fun. Oh, well, because, you know, man, you don't need that stuff. And it, it's Just shut up. Just have fun. Don't put such a heavy weight on it. It's just a fun thing to do if you can keep it in control. If you can't, then you're endangering yourself, and then you need to deal with that. But if you can keep it in control, you're fine. So that's how I feel about sex. Uh, this is from Zach Fitzsimmons, at Z-A-C-F-I-T-Z-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. Joe, why are Chicken McNuggets so damn promiscuous and why do they always want me to fuck them with my face i hear you buddy i hear you you can't i can't keep my mouth off those little sluts i love them uh they're delicious that's why the simple answer to that question is they're delicious they get pink slime shut the fuck up if that's what makes them delicious then good pink slime is delicious uh this is from at concierge 86 just spelled, I wouldn't know how to spell that word, at C-O-N-S-I-G-L-I-E-R-E-8-6. Is there any middle ground between being monogamous and promiscuous? And uh, are you either one or the other? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I do think there's a line. It's, it's, you know, to not retread stuff we've already talked about uh, already on here today. Um 
I'll just say yes. I do think there's a line. I think we've kind of established what that line is. Um, and, you know, look, again, it's just this simple. If you're in a relationship and you want to be monogamous, then be monogamous. Uh, if you're in a relationship and the both of you have an agree, agreement that it's an open relationship and you have your rules for that, then do that. And if you're single and you want to be promiscuous, then be promiscuous, but just be safe when doing it, okay? When it becomes a problem is when you start endangering, endangering yourself uh, by not doing things correctly or safely or endangering others by running around behind the back of your partner and and just running fucking hog wild and then bringing stuff home into your house, okay, potentially. That's when it's bad. The other scenarios, though, that I initially mentioned, I think it's fine. And those are your middle grounds. Uh uh, let's see here. Come on. Okay, next one. Oh, this is for my friend, friend Alia Janine, uh, former adult film extraordinaire, who is wonderful. Uh, her uh, Twitter handle is at the glorious cunt. I think you can figure out how to spell that. Uh, how much is an actual biological need for breeding and keeping the species alive, or are people socially conditioned for it? Um. I think I think all of it is probably driven by a a biological need. I think there's your body. That's just part of your thing. That's part of your DNA. Is your body saying to you, "Go have sex, go have sex, go have sex"? It's also part of your DNA. I think to want to, you know, uh, steal when you're hungry or uh, or attack when you're angry. There's a lot of you know, very like sort of lizard brain things that your body pushes you to do. Uh, now, we have other brains that are above the lizard brain now, like the mammalian brain, for instance. Uh, and those are the things that reel you back and let you temper these, you know, sort of potentially impetuous behaviors. So I think all of it is driven by a lizard brain mentality, but then it's sophisticated by the mammalian brain mentality and you need to balance those two and you need to understand how they work together or whatever you know there's a great uh, carlin of course as i always do quote him he's got that great bit about um where he talks about the lizard brain he's talking about it in response to terrorism and uh it's it's basically he breaks down like the three brains that you have and like how they re how they would react to the terrorist situation uh, and basically, like, the, the mammalian brain is, like, the one saying, like, let's give peace a chance. The lizard brain is the one going, fuck peace, let's kill this motherfucker, then go to the peace rally and get laid or whatever. So, like, you know, you get what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> let me let me over-explain it even more. Um, all right, time for a couple more. This is from at... Rusty Nails one at Rusty Nails one. Do you ever worry about ending up like Diane Keaton at the end of looking for Mr. Goodbar? No. And funny enough, here's why I don't worry about that is because I look at Diane Keaton in real life and she's single in real life and she's happy as a pip. She seems like one of the most complete and balanced people you could ever see. I, I, you know, you never hear a bad thing about Diane Keaton. She's never had any scandals. You never hear. I was at a party and Diane Keaton was there and made a mess of herself. Uh, I've never heard anything but nice things when people have said they've met her or worked with her. She seems like a fucking charming doll in every interview I've ever seen. So I think that movie portrays the bad side of what can happen. And then if you look at her in real life, you see the good side. Um, at Steve Byrne. At Steve Byrne sending a question. My good pal, Steve Byrne. Uh, watch Sullivan and Son if you can. Uh, it's a great show, and he's the star and creator, and I love Steve very much. Uh, it's on TBS. Anyway, Steve's question, at Steve Byrne Live, do you get horny hearing Promiscuous Girl by Nelly Furtado? Do you sing that song to yourself but replace the girl with guy? <laughs> yeah. You hit it right on the head. I, I don't know what it is. Simple yes to that one. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Judy Gold? I love it. Judy Gold, I love Judy Gold, and one of my favorite comedians on earth. At Judy Gold, A, she spells it J-E-W-D-Y, Gold. 
Uh, she's responding to when I tweeted out, please send questions and thoughts about promiscuity. And she wrote, I can't. I'm too busy sleeping with someone I just met. Uh, I love Judy. Uh, she's amazing. If you've never seen her live, you need to see her live. Go and see her. It's She is fantastic. Uh, my buddy Brian Scalaro writing in. Another hilarious comic. Go see this guy if you haven't. You are in for a treat. At Brian underscore Scolaro, which is spelled S-C-O-L-A-R-O. Can I send dick pics? <laughs> it's topic related. <laughs> uh, he's a funny motherfucker. Brian and I taped our Comedy Central half hours together. The first one I did, he and I taped them together. Meaning, I don't just mean like we were in the same season. I mean like he and I taped in front of the same audience together. And it was a blast. He's a great dude. Um, okay. One last question. And uh, we'll take it from Randy Weingard. Uh, At T-H-A underscore Randy underscore underscore man underscore. Yes, there's an extra underscore at the end after man. Only question, why do you have lunch meat as your cover pick on Twitter? Uh, Because I like lunch meat. I like lunch meat like I like sex. I like my lunch meat like I like my sex. What's the term? I like my coffee like I like black men. What is it? Oh, I like my coffee like I like my men. Yeah. I like my sex like I like my lunch meat. How how do you say this? I like my lunch meat like I like my sex. Kind of wet and a little gross and a weird smell in the room, but you still like it. There you go. How about that? Is that a tie-up or what, Ernie? That's a tie-up. And that's time. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week with something else about something else. Uh, please follow us. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Go on there. Subscribe, please. Uh, thank you for all the support. Downloads keep going up every month. We're very excited about that. Uh, we really appreciate your support because we're flying out here without a network right now. So you guys listening and being a part of this is really, really huge, and we love it. Thank you. Um, uh, iTunes, get the podcast there, get it on Stitcher. Uh, if you're going to get it on iTunes, if you don't mind leaving a review or a rating, we'd appreciate it. Uh, and subscribe. Also, you can get the podcast at jodorosacomedy.com, the website for all things about me. Why would you want such a thing? I don't know. You do, though, maybe. And if you do, that's what it is. Uh, upcoming shows, Minneapolis. This week, Acme Comedy Club. I'm there. Come hang out. Let's have a good time. It's going to be great. One of the best clubs in the country. I'm very excited. Uh, I'll be at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Toronto doing uh, doing our shows, our headlining shows up there. Uh, uh, it is in September. Check JoeDeRosaComedy.com for dates or go to the JFL website uh, for specific times and venues and all that stuff. New album, Mistakes Were Made, September 2nd. The B-Sides album. Two albums of B-Side material from the last seven years of being on the road and recording and stuff. Uh, That comes out September 2nd. Pre-order is available now on iTunes. uh, And I will see you soon.